gotta get it. You have to. I'm, I'm, buying, I'm buying everything. Cause I'm a hype piece, you know. Not limited, bro. These are actually pretty fire, bro. And I'm the youngest flexer in the game. This is the In Hype Podcast. Don't believe the hype. Where Cali King talks entrepreneurship, manufacturing, marketing, and everything to dominate the physical product business. In the hype. Make the future and let's get into the show. Transform your product idea into a business reality. I'm Cali Keen and this is End Hype. Look, this is a little piece uh, that you guys are missing out on in the Innovate course. Something that we, uh, we talk about a lot and something that goes into constructing that killer pitch. We're going to talk about team. It's everybody's favorite thing. I know... You know, in high school, middle school, college, whatever, everyone loved group projects, right? They were fantastic. Everybody helped out each other, and you you got an A. You loved it. You had a great time, right? Probably not, right? Most people hate group projects because they're really difficult, right? But here's the difference about your real life, about your business life, about pursuing your passion that's completely different than uh, than high school, right? Maybe in high school or college, you were lucky enough to have friends in the class and you joined, uh, you know, did your group project together, probably goofed around a lot and didn't really get things together. But more than likely, you're, you're just, you're just hooked up, you know, you were smashed together, you didn't get to pick the roles, you didn't get to figure out this person's good at this, this person's good at this. Um, You had no choice, you had no agency, right? you given a group of people and you said, okay, we got to make this work. It's a real test of your ability to work with others. So in real life and in, in business, we get to choose. We get to choose who we're associated with. We get to choose our friends for real, not just out of this small group of people that we go to high school or have the class with. We get to choose who we do business with and we get to nurture those relationships, build those relationships through like little projects, engagement, networking, you know, putting an event together, doing something small and saying, hey, yeah, I I work really well with this person. This person's really driven like me or this person's really laid back like I am. Whatever it is, you have the ability to pick those people. You have the ability to pick somebody whose skills complement your your own. So if you're the business person, there's a tech person that can tolerate you, right? If you're a tech person, there's a business person that wants to work with you, right? We can pick the team that makes sense for us, right? You have that ability. Don't get stuck with somebody. But look, why is building a team so important? If you have an idea, why can't you just do it yourself? Because you're so smart and you're amazing. You can get it going. Um, The most simple way that I've heard it is if you can't build, uh, if if you can't build and sell your product, you can't make $10,000 with your idea, you don't have a very good team, right? If you can't do it with your team that you have, you can't make $10,000, you need to refactor, go back to the drawing board. But if you look at that and say, that's our our guiding principle, we're trying to actually create early revenue with the people that we have. Most startup founders, entrepreneurial teams, you know, uh, pitch contests, startup weekend teams, they failed to meet that criteria. They couldn't make a, a dollar. If I gave them $10, they couldn't make it into $11 with the people they have. That's why teams matter, picking the right people. So let's get into this. Creating 
a functional, scalable business requires a team with the right skills and roles, right? Not just random people. Entrepreneurs might start alone leveraging their sole skills and experience and attracting talent to build a team, right? So building a team is an early indicator of success. And we're constantly going back and looking at what our goals are, your personal goals or your business goals. A lot of people's business goals is to initially attract talent. I want to work with great people. I need to be able to hire great people. I need a great co-founder. Or their their um, goal is to attract capital, attract funding, right? All of those things are going to come down to an element of team. If you're participating in pitch contests, competing in uh, innovation challenges, you're applying for a grant, pitching to investors, or you're just working to grow your business, building a team shows traction. I mean, if you can't if you can't sell one other person the vision of your business, like how are you going to convince a judge or uh, investor to you know to buy into your business, right? If you can't work with a team, how can you run a company? We're constantly future pacing and saying what does success look like? And people want to run these large, elaborate businesses, these titans of commerce, but they can't work with one other person, right? You can't partner or you know, manage a project with one or two other people. How are you going to run an entire organization? Uh, if you can't picture that, you probably need somebody on your team who that's their skill set, right? They're the, they're the adult. They're the manager. They're the organizer. They're the, you know, they're the connecting type person. So it's really common issues. Technical founders undervalue sales uh, and business roles. So they say something like, uh, well, we'll get some initial funding and then I'll just hire a BD guy or I'll hire a sales team. I'm like, but what are you going to, how are you going to tell them what to do? Like, how, do you know sales? And you're going to out, you're just going to show them your sales process that you've developed that works and they're, they're going to run with the ball because they're more, outgoing person no they're gonna have to develop their own sales lead and their own sales process i'm like yeah that company doesn't really exist uh business oriented founders they think like i'm gonna contract development uh i don't need a technical team member i'm just gonna just gonna hire somebody Um, it happens very frequently a lot of uh our clients initially are are uh people they're funded they have great business backgrounds if they want to hire Red Blue Collective, they want to hire uh, us. I I tell them you need to have somebody on your team that that speaks the language, somebody that's going to own the product internally, somebody that's going to drive the requirements. You can't just outsource your entire business like that. Uh, another common issue: the team has multiple people with the same skill set but lacks other functional areas. This is like this is really common in software. Two two dudes both programmers, no business experience, they found a company. I'm like, you're just two of the same person. You have, you have no diversity. You have no uh, you know, different backgrounds even. You don't have different skill sets. It's, functionally, it should just be one of you. Maybe one has front-end development skills and one has back-end development skills, but generally they're like both coders. I'm like, it's not super helpful. You guys need to build a team. Uh, another common issue, entrepreneur cannot affi- afford to hire team members, so they ignore planning requirement structure. So as 
as an entrepreneur, as a initial founder, you really only have a couple levers that you can pull. You can pull personal time and skills. You can pull the lever of money. If you don't have money, you have you have equity, right? You need to be able to sell the vision and say, okay, I cannot do this. So the, an idea that I can't execute is worth $0. So I need to give up 10%, 20%, 30%, 40% of the equity in this business to entice somebody that rounds out the team to join. Maybe they believe in your vision, but they say, well, you can't pay me. So normally if I took on another project, I'd get paid this. So what is my incentive for, for hopping on board? And if you're saying, like, I can't pay you, but I can introduce you to some cool people, that's not going to entice any professional person, right? They want to understand that you have skin in the game, that it's important for you, just like it should be important for them, right? So through all this, why the team matters, what we're really trying to answer is a simple question. Why you? Why are you, why do you have the skills, the work ethic, the money to make, you know, do you have all those things to make that idea a reality? The answer, if, if you're just starting, is probably not. You probably don't have that, probably not alone. Um, so why you? Why are you the person to solve this problem and not monolith corp or competitor one or competitive two? Uh, if you're in the program, if you're a coaching client, you know how we approach competitive analysis and how we feel about competition gets us really excited, uh, have a kind of a different approach to uncovering competition. But still, you you know that market and you maybe through our process know how to beat the competition, be better, connect with customers. But it's like, how can you do it? Why you? Why are you the person to disrupt that market? Why are you the person to create that innovation and really the best question to take it farther than why you is what gives you an unfair advantage, right? Business isn't, isn't a, a game of equals. Business is a game of leverage, right? People, you should have enormous leverage over your competition. What gives you an unfair advantage? Is it intellectual property? Okay, I'll give you like one point. But do you have an experienced team with the skills to execute that intellectual property, I'll give you the 10 out of 10, right? So we, uh, we want to walk through a process that builds demo demonstrable expertise to answer the critical question, why you, right? With action going through, uh, Things like our traction product concept, going through customer interviews, going through uh, engagement strategies. You can attract the right person to join your team. Uh, with experience, you can become conversationally competent in new areas of business. So you can not only bring on a technical person, but you can communicate a little bit with them. Then you can create processes with your salesperson because you've, you've tried it, you've researched it, you've tasted that thing, right? You know what it looks like. You can just bring on a more experienced person that can flesh it out more and they can run with it. Then you're set up because with money, you would be able to hire uh, or contract impressive people, the people that are all set. But you'd, you'd have that conversational competence, 
right? You've got to build it from that is how do you attract people? How do you communicate with people? And then how do you position yourself to be able to hire the right group of people that'll help you grow, scale, just everything just blow up? The expertise that we talk about that we are constantly trying to build is the expertise in the customer and the problem, right? That should be your first target for unfair advantage. You should be able to say to whether it's a partner or an investor, after we researched this group of people and we did all these interviews, we understand this problem better than anyone else. We have the data to back it up. We're ready to take advantage of this and this is our solution isn't just floating around in space. It's laser targeted to hit this uh, customer segment problem. This is the size of the customer segment. This is the size of the customer segment that we have access to our tribe. This is our way that we're going to access them. This is how we know that that group of people wants this thing. This is what they're, they've paid in the past, what they're willing to pay. Boom, 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 boom. If you can line up an argument like that in a pitch deck, in a presentation, you become highly desirable, right? At that point, you're basically saying, I've got the people, I've got the plan, I just need money f- to accelerate, accelerate what's already working, not to just start it, right? So what does is, what is a good team look like? I know, discussed this a little bit in the past, but, but look, I'm just going to double down on this this part. You cannot and should not do anything, right? No matter what your hard skills, building and managing teams is what makes successful businesses, right? There's very few extremely successful businesses that uh, have zero employees. It's very difficult. It's another type of team building exercise. Even if we're talking about working with other organizations, contractors, um, people that run other businesses, right? It's still a team, right? And you still need the elements. But a business is a series of processes. It's a system of processes that's run by a, uh, you know, confederation, an organization of, of other groups, of people, businesses, right? So managing and building that is what makes a business successful, Right? You can be the best programmer, the best electrical engineer, the best mechanical engineer on earth, but that doesn't mean that you can run a multi-million dollar business. Maybe you can just do freelancing, right? A successful business involves developing those processes and managing the people that execute those processes. So what does an initial team look like? I see the most success with small manageable teams, the communication's the the easiest, the roles are the clearest. As the business grows, these skills and roles that are a part of the main roles will will split, will grow. So instead of a skill of the initial person, it might become a department of other people executing that. But I like to look at teams that have three main components. Okay, we'll talk about a, a... very common framework that people use for uh, for startup organizations, and it's hustler, hacker, hipster. And you, you hear those names, and you almost immediately 
understand what those roles are. So the hustler, the CEO guy, right? That's the sales, the marketing, the business development. Uh, if, if your team is small and just starting, it might also be the finance. It might be the vision and strategy, the business stuff, right? The hustler sells. Like every business needs a business person. This sounds extremely intuitive. Like, Callie, how can you not, how can you have a business that doesn't have a business person? I have spoken with hundreds of entrepreneurs and startups that they create a business and they don't have a business person. They have no business background. They have no desire to gain a business background. They hate the idea of selling. They hate the idea of business. And I say, look, some entrepreneurs, they transition away from technical skills and they build business skills. Others just choose to partner, right? Regardless of your team building approach, if you care about your customers right? And you believe in your product, you believe in the solution that you're offering. Sales isn't bad, right? Business isn't icky or gross or whatever. You might just be an introvert and you, you're not as skilled or don't desire to become skilled at talking to other people. But remember, money isn't the mission. Money makes the mission possible. It makes the business exist, right? It's not a business if it doesn't make money. It's a, it's a hobby or it's a pastime, or it's it's just something fun that you do. But a lot of times people aren't making money and they're not having fun. I'm like, that's not a business. Seems like a unwanted obligation. The second role is the hacker. That's the chief technology officer, the CTO, right? So the hacker builds stuff, right? If the hustler sells stuff, these are the people that build stuff, right? The vision of what to build is going to be a collaborative effort uh, internally and externally the organization, right? We're going to talk to customers and get information. The hustler is going to figure out, you know, what those requirements mean, what could be sold, what the unique value proposition of those things are. The hacker is going to say, this is what we can build right now. This is what uh, we should build. This is what the technology of the market looks like but they're going to be the engineer. They're going to be the prototyper. They're going to be the programmer, right? The hacker builds. And the, the goal of the hacker initially is to use the skills that you have that are available, right? And to use the money that's available to build something that will create initial revenue. So a lot of times that product may be very simple. It might not be the actual product that's your foundational product. It might be an information product. It might be uh, it might be selling expertise, right? It, it might be a different flavor, but on that same path towards building that big idea. But you need somebody that is flexible and that can work with other people and understand the scale, the scaling process of a business through the uh, Red Blue Collective framework, right? And the third role is the hipster, right? And this, this uh, I, I do get quite a bit of pushback from this because they're like, I don't need that. I just need a tech person. I need somebody to sell it. But this is really an emerging role and it becomes more and more and more important. So the skills, not only is it going to be the branding skills and the copywriting skills to get that message out there, say what this company should look like, what it should feel like, uh, 
what our message sounds like, how we actually can communicate, resonate with people. You know, it's also the design. It's the user experience, not just of the product, but of the business itself, right? And this is something that we go through when talking to existing companies and seeing how they can grow or how they can improve a product. Uh, they think that the customer interview process was f- to initially build the product. And I say, no, we can, we can take this customer interview process, uh, problem, problem process, solution interviews, and we can apply it to our, our business, like the meta level of the business and say, how easy is it to do business with my company? Is it clear how you do business? Is it clear what we do, right? Is it clear what we provide? Uh, Do you have internal processes that are customer facing that help guide them through working with your company, right? Um, Do you have internal processes that help train people and understand how do you like onboard somebody quickly? How do you, uh, how do they navigate through the processes of, a, of the business, right? The hipster makes it all presentable, clear, and usable. And this role is massive. It's massive if you want to scale because you can have a fantastic product and you could have a good salesperson, but if doing business is difficult with you, if, if um, working internally to your business is, is difficult, it'll be very hard to grow. It'll be really hard to grow. So having that outside almost third-person view perspective on your business, making sure that it is all very clear is a a very powerful, powerful thing. So if you use these three main roles and you start filling out all the potential skills that you would need, we can do a skills inventory. This is the skills that I bring to the table. This is the skills that you bring to the table. This is the skills that we would need out of that third person or what, what have you. Uh, I want you to actually put that in a spreadsheet, put it in the workbook uh, of at least the skills that we've listed just now, just the simple, those three, three categories and those skills. Fill in extra ones if they're applicable to you that you know that's something that you need. And I want you to rate skills on three levels. We're not going to do something complicated like one out of 10. We're going to do it really simple because we're a small, agile organization. We really only have room for excellence. So this is our, our scale. If you are gifted, as in you are in like the 5%, the 1% of people in that in that category, I want you to I want you to say that's a that's a three, right? You're you're top. You're gifted. The next is you're conversationally competent. I know this is rough because you're saying, ah, but Callie, like I'm pretty good at this, or I can figure this out. Well, that's great. Okay. If you're if you can figure it out, you're a two. You're conversationally competent, right? And then as your organization grows and gets better and your team gets better, you'll figure out that you're actually a one, which is you need to have the confidence to let go, right? So rate yourself one to three, one being, uh, this is probably something I shouldn't do, right? Understand that as a small organization, 
you're going to have visibility in everything. You're going to be, you're going to see a lot more than you would being an employee someplace. So just because you're aware of how to design a website, right? Because you've seen Squarespace doesn't mean that you're even conversationally competent. Not in this case, because we need to be incredible. We need to be excellent to win. We can't just be good enough. We can't even be good enough at the employee level. We have to be good enough at the entrepreneur level, right? So be rough on yourself and know that those are places where you need to develop more focus or you need to plan your own obsolescence. You need to fire yourself, right? So focus on the things that you are truly gifted in, right? Develop things that you have to develop now so you can have that conversational competence and then understand the areas where you need to have that confidence to let go and say, this thing isn't for me. So that's, that's our, our rough on teams. If you want to build a company that matters, teams matter. Working with other people matters. Now, Red Blue Collective is a virtual network organization of no employees. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a team. We have operations people, engineering people. We have, we have, video, we have video people. We have marketing people, right? We have lots of people that we work together with, but that doesn't mean we have an employee, right? And this is where people mess it up. They think, just because I don't have these people as an employee, they're not a part of my team. These, this is how modern businesses work, and this is how modern businesses will continue to work. This will just become more normal, right, where one, two, three people companies will grow because they'll be able to build teams of other one, two, three people companies until like we have between maybe 50, 60, 70 people that are in Red Blue Collective that there's no, there's no employees, right? This is really interesting, but you have to understand where it's not worth your time, where you need to develop that team. Because when you present this to another partner, right, to somebody you want to bring on the team, when you present this with to an investor or a judge in that uh, innovation challenge or a, like a big corporate customer, being able to pull this together and say, this is what my team looks like, these are things that, that they've all done, it's either a total flop or it's super impressive, right? Teams matter. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care even what you've done in the past. What your team can do today is what divides people that are middling to amazing. All right. This has been End Hype. I'm Callie Keen. I'm out. Thank you for listening to the End Hype Podcast. Follow Callie on social at Callie Keen to stay up to date with a bunch of free content and information. Change your life and change the world in hype.